As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Mr. Goots. What's up, Mr. Goots? Ah, so formal. I love it. Yeah. Just sitting back, relaxing. Feels good. This has been a good week. We're kind of getting back into our groove. I know that we've been blasting the airwaves with our content. Yeah. I think people are happy about that. Or tired of us. Or tired of us. Uh, somewhere in between, maybe. Yeah. I'd actually probably imagine that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we owed it to the listeners to make sure that we got enough content out this week because last week, well, we were busy. We were very busy. And I think that most people understand. It was funny. There's a few like Twitter or X comments where people were like, where are they? Like, where are you guys? <laughs> yeah, and they were like a little strong. They weren't like, oh, you guys have a lot going on this week. Can't wait to hear about it. And the funniest was I recognized the one name because this man has given us a lot of shit in the past. Ryan Stoneman. Yep. Yep. And Stoneman's like, I'm having withdrawal. I'm like, you, you're too timey guy. You want to talk a little smack, but you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Look, whether you listen to us because you like to hate listen or you love listening to us because you love us, as long as you're listening, you're fine in my book. Yeah, there's one guy in mind, and I'm not going to say his name, but there's one guy who, he's just talking to himself in our DMs at this point, uh-huh. talking about like all these different <laughs> sports and stuff, and I'm just like, dude, and like he's talking shit. Like It's one thing if he was making some funny jokes, like this and that, whatever. He's just talking shit. I'm like, dude, we're never going to respond to you. Why do you keep going? Because we used to respond, and then he hit us with, uh, it was an untimely shit talk. Because we were actually uh, yeah. pissed, and we're both like, well, fuck this. Like, this isn't fun anymore. We were driving back from the Phillies game when it, they lost, and we're like, Ugh. Yeah, it was something uh, like that. I was like, well, I'm done with this conversation. But, you know, maybe we'll tap in at some point someday, like in two years when we win the Super Bowl or something. Be like, ha, fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, we can give you, like, the middle finger emoji. But, uh, yeah, it has been nice to get our bearings back. I think that I have subconsciously turned this room and doing this into, like, almost therapy like when we don't do this i feel like out of whack so it's nice to kind of get back in the groove get back in our our happy place the studio it's like a little timeless zone here you know it is really matters back here nothing matters there's no rules there's no rules yeah that always reminds me of that commercial remember the i think it was like papa john's or no it was um little caesar's little caesar's yeah the dude's like there's no rules he takes his shirt off he's like put your shirt on he's like there's one rule yeah yeah, that's where my head goes. But, yeah, we um, have to keep our shirts on back here. Well, I mean, not if you, <laughs> you know. Only bros? Only. <laughs> <laughs> that's our new app that we're launching. Let's take this opportunity. No, no. But I will take this opportunity to plug our live show in March, March 6th at the City Winery in Philadelphia. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, they are selling super fast, which is awesome to see. But I want to make sure that all of our peeps are able to get them before they sell out. So make sure that you go get those tickets ASAP. Come to the show, hang out with your bros. It's where it all started. It was our very first live show that we ever did was there with Zach Peter. Now we're going to headline, so we're going to go try to fill that room again. So come support your bros. 
Yeah, we're talking to all the Bravo G's there. Yeah, Bravo Bro G's. Oh, yeah, see, I, I didn't remember what it was because go I've back. never heard it before. I'm going to go back and find when I've said it just to okay. prove. You, you're point. not going to, but yeah. I will. And like that's why I'm not getting heated about this one no. is because I'm so confident with you're it. You're not as spiteful as I am. Like I would do that in a heartbeat. You just don't. I feel like you don't care. You're well, not going to go back. And here's listen. the thing. Like when I know when I know for a fact that I'm right, I don't need the validation of like, no, look, like this one I'm so certain. I'm like, it's okay. Like if you don't believe me, it's fine. All right. So I'm cool with it. But it is our end of the week episode, and we haven't done this in like two weeks. So we got some roses and thorns to go through. Little yeah, rose been piling up. Yeah, they sure have on on both sides of the street. <laughs> you want to start off, or you want me to get into it? Uh, why don't let's let's go you first. Let's get back to the groove. You know, well, actually, kind of on the heels, and this is, this is going to be my rose for the week. On the heels of us talking about live shows, and we we got the itch again. And it's funny because Steele always talks about the itch. We do a live show, and he goes right back into it. I kind of decompress for a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, you know, when it happens, it happens. When we were driving back from New York last week, I'm like, I want to do this again immediately. Mm-hmm. So there were comments, and obviously we put some feelers out there. So if you're listening right now, we did put an Instagram out there. We're just trying to get an idea of who wants us to go where. We narrowed it down to four cities. We might open it up to a couple more just to see what's going on out there. But make sure you go on Instagram and vote for that. Get your voice heard. That's what we want. Yeah, that's what we're all about here. But somebody did comment, and I thought it was interesting. Have a show at the shore this summer. Ah, yes. This is from Susie B. 0302. I commented back just the eye emoji. Yeah, I know. I love this idea. I, I so do I. I really a love beach this beach show? A Wildwood show? That would be incredible. Dude, I'd fucking, even if it's like a bar down there with like 50 people, like I would love a Wildwood show. Yeah, we'd probably have to do it during the week, but you know what? We'll just take the week off. Just go to the beach the rest of the time. Why not? I'm so down. I, that was one of the best. I, I can't believe we haven't thought of that. Yeah, I know. So I, I think was, it's because it's like... We're doing a show in Philadelphia in a month, but it's that's a little too close to home for me where I'm like, ah, yeah, there's a lot of people that I know that are going to be around. Like, they walk in, they just see me up on stage. Like, that's, I didn't think about it because it's of that. That's at least how I'm rationalizing it. I don't fucking know. What, that makes no sense. It doesn't. Do I make sense, though? That's a good point. Yeah. It's a valid point. Yeah. But that's anyway. a great rose. And don't worry, that idea is firmly planted in our heads, so... We're going to try to make Something that Something tells me we can make it happen. Don't, yeah. I'm not promising. It might be impromptu. It might just be a random, you know, we'll, we'll mix it up. What do you mean impromptu? We're just going to show up to a bar with microphones be like, hey, can we do a show real quick? I know enough people that own bars down there. We'll, oh, we'll sick. To, dude, I've been going sick. there my whole life. Nice, bro. Whole life. Wildwood. Wildwood, dude. Yeah, dude, you're so sick. <laughs> yeah, just because you just now got back into Wildwood. You know, back in? Don't think that I forgot about the way you used to talk shit on Wildwood in high school. I didn't talk shit on Wildwood. Okay. I talked shit on the Northeast. Yeah. I'll own that. And you said, where are you going on vacation? That's all I was well, saying. Wildwood's basically just like, go down, to the Schuylkill, dude. Going down Wildwood. I never said you Wildwood was- Porta potty to Schuylkill? Th- take the nor- you want to bring this one back up? <laughs> no, yeah. You want to bring this Let me one? get into my thorn, all right? <laughs> Enough preamble here. My thorn doesn't make any fucking sense. Okay, cool. Uh, we got two stars. And this one is titled, Pro Rachel, Not Popular. This is my fast thorn. forward through the Rachel talk. What the fuck are you talking about? No idea. I have no. This did you, did one, you not watch VPR last year? You just don't know what we're talking about. So this one, it's so funny. This is my thorn. I have another one saved, so don't worry. But this one pissed me off too because to me, it's almost like propaganda. Like somebody wanted to get this review on our page just so people see that and go, "Oh, they're pro Rachel." I don't know when we were pro Rachel because we gave her a little bit of like empathy last episode and just saying she's been through a lot of shit. We didn't say she's like free and clear. I said she's been through a lot of shit and it sucks because she's still burying herself with this stupid podcast and Schmethany Schmankel. We were just talking about Lala having empathy for her. 
That, that's all we were talking about. We didn't say so that. I, which yeah. is content for the episode that we just watched. Correct. So, like, do you not want us to talk about the episode? What do you want us to do? Not if we it's just, pro Rachel. We'll just go on every week. We're not going to watch the episode, and we're just going to talk about what we think happened. I like that idea. I'm sure that'll go really well. I'm sure well. that'll go really well. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, everybody's going to love that. So why don't you sit your ass down, Lolo. And listen um, to the podcast. And listen you... to the podcast. And watch the fucking TV show, maybe. I was so confused. Yeah, I was very confused. That's literally why I was like, oh, this is just propaganda. They want people to think we're pro-Rachel. <laughs> people are out to get us. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> there you go. All right. Here's mine. I had a... That was actually my thorn. So I have a backup thorn. And I'll read it. And it didn't upset me it didn't get under my skin it's just more so i want to highlight this because of what it stands for okay and this is just nope one star review from fifi98765 i'll even read your name your watch what happens live stint was awful cringy one star (laughs) so i want to break this down a couple ways all right first and foremost we watched it back multiple times it was not awful it was not cringy i've already said in our episode i wish i had a question ready to go for heather but he put us on the spot we did the best we could you challenged annie to a fight it was very fluid that moment was great all like all in all we held our own no one talked shit about us on like the reddit boards and all that stuff so i think it was a successful night andy loved us it was great now the other way i want to break this down because this is where internet commenters and trolls like makes me laugh. This is like the pinnacle of being a Bravo podcast, right? This is, you cannot get any higher than being featured on Bravo, let alone in the clubhouse with Andy Cohen. Yeah. It is the highlight. It is Everest. And in our highest moments, somebody wants to tear you down and go, that was horrible. Like, imagine I came to your house and you just, whatever your biggest goal or dream was, and you achieve it. And you're so happy, and you don't know me. And I come to your door and say, hey, last night when you won the best pot roast at the potluck in the neighborhood, wow, your pot roast is ass, and so are you. Too dry. Yeah, way too dry. And the breadcrumbs, fucking brutal. Tuh-tuh. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't go that far on it, but I, I didn't really get it. Because like, uh, there's no way that there's other bartenders that have been on Watch Rabbits Live that get comments that say cringy. No. I, I got Do you even know that we're there? Like, people knew we were there. That's the thing. That's pretty great. I didn't have, like, I guess that's what I was trying to find. Like, all right, what was a cringy moment? And there wasn't one. It wasn't like we got stuck or, like, said something awkward or, like, there was, I don't know. But I just, I think more of it was, I think it was funny that, like, in such a peak highlight moment, somebody would want to fuck you up. Yeah, well. <laughs> Gotta love the internet, right? Gotta love the internet. Well, let's go on to my rose. And I... To all of our listeners abroad, I want you to take note of this. I'm going to try to highlight some of our foreign reviews because I have to go to a different site to see them, but your voice should be heard too. And I've already read one from Western Australia, but this one just comes from Australia. And it's from JJ Furman. And it says, greetings from Australia. I stumbled across you guys during Scandival, and now I can't wait to listen when a new episode is dropped. Best Housewives Bravo-related pod on the market. Two T's schmoo T's, I say. <laughs> Keep up the great work and go birds from wow. Australia. So thank you, the JJ. Fucking Furman. Eagles don't have us at a game next year. Like I'm still pissed about the Phillies thing. I think that we'll be in with the Phillies next year. We gotta be uh, fucking diplomats at this. Maybe point. not. Maybe we just never will. Maybe we'll just be under what the if radar we do, always. The Phillies are playing in London in June. Maybe we just go over there, just bop around. You stop teasing live shows everywhere. It's not a live <laughs> show. I'm just saying we go to the Phillies Nets oh. game. I would go over there. Yeah, I would do that. Riley's in school there still. Perfect. So we can go watch your stars are aligning. Yeah, hey, look at that. Should she have a theater nearby that we can stop bring it. Bring some mics to. Stop. 
Stop. Because <laughs> you're going to get people excited, and then we're not going to show up, then they're going to hate This us. is at least, I think it's on par with you for weeks on end saying, we got a lot coming on, just keep an eye on our social. This is, that's our heads doing up. That. You're, you're giving them false hope. Mine comes with an ending. Your national like, tour. Maybe. Stop. Look out, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming to you, Sydney. No, we're not. Don't get excited. Top 30 podcast in Australia, so you know. We are 29 on the Spotify yep. charts. Look, is it out of the question, like, five years down the road? No. Like, I will happily go on an international tour if we are able to do so financially. But let's stay within ourselves here, huh? Yeah. All right? Why don't you just stay within yourself? That's what my coach used to tell me all the time. Can't do it. Control what you can control. Stay within yourself. Eyes on the prize. Yeah, that's, that's good baseball advice. It's good for life. That's good life advice. Ah. All right? But enough rambling. We got some Rob Hood to talk about, so let's jump right in. But before we do start with this episode, I do want to talk about, because we've seen it a bunch in the media, we've seen it on this show, obviously, and it's the Anne Marie stuff, because she was just on Watch What Happens Live, and she's bringing this whole CRNA versus RNA thing, or not RNA, CRNA versus anesthesiologist. Anesthesiologist, yeah. Now, I if there's an acronym for that one. Anesthesiologist? I'm sure yeah, there is. just that. An AT. ANA? An anesthesi- no, the, the N is nurse. ANA? I'm just going to stop talking. We're sounding dumb. The point <laughs> is, so the uh, Association of Anesthesiologists like reached out via Instagram and made a post that was highlighting the difference between a CRNA and an anesthesiologist to highlight the fact that one goes to like eight plus years of medical school and like tens of thousands of hours on the job and versus a CRNA, which doesn't require as much time or education. It's not knocking the profession. She takes this a step further and says there's a whole thing between CRNAs and anesthesiologists, which as she's saying this and watch what happens live, I'm like, this isn't a thing. No. There's no way they this work is a thing. together. Right? I was like, this is You bizarre. think they're just beefing the entire time while you're asleep? Like, that would be very dangerous. No, random medical associations, I would imagine, aren't at war with one another. And I could be wrong. Somebody correct sick. me if I'm... It wouldn't be sick. Healthcare's a disaster enough already. You want to get into that conversation? We so, go to London, we do a show over there. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Better healthcare. My point is, with all of this, and you mentioned it when you came over today... If she just stopped with this, stopped talking about it, after this episode, we would have been past it. She would have had a chance to potentially work her way back into the fold, but instead she keeps hammering this shit home. And what drives me crazy about the whole thing with Anne-Marie, nobody's discrediting your profession. You falsely represented yourself and your profession. People are commenting on that. Crystal is commenting on that. She's not saying that being a CRNA is not a great professional that you didn't work your ass off to get there. She's trying her best to spin this narrative that people are belittling her. You're missing the point entirely. The anesthesiology association wasn't belittling you. They were saying this is dangerous when you misrepresent yourself because you are not a doctor. That's very true. It's like if it's like the hangover when what's his nuts Ah. goes to the doctor and he's like, I'm actually a doctor. Let me see those charts. He's like, yeah, you said that last night. You're a dentist. There's nothing wrong with being a dentist, but you're not going to go perform heart surgery. That's my point. You're not going to go put somebody to sleep if you're not an anesthesiologist. So stop representing yourself as one and understand that the problems that people are having with you is not because they're talking shit about you being a CRNA. Yeah, that, that's a good point. But And the funny thing about this is you said that I started talking about it when I got here. Yes, Steele and I do talk about Bravo outside of our podcast. Sure do. A lot of times we yell at each other and say, save it for the pod. But I agree, like... 
the way that she's going about it makes no sense. And she hasn't the, – the reason that I believe that she actually did say that to Crystal originally at this Christmas party is because she hasn't addressed it head on. Mm-mm. Not once has she said, oh, I never told you that. She just goes off on a different tangent and starts saying that she's knocking her profession, which, again, she's not. She's just talking about you misrepresenting yourself. But if you don't address that head on, then I'm going to think, and everybody else is going to think, that you did say that at one point in time, and you're just trying to skirt around it by making up some other thing and trying to play the sympathy card, which is what she's trying to do. And I agree. Like, she went into this. This was a very good, clean slate episode where in the midst of everything going on with Crystal is the best possibility of squashing all of this and you can move on which she's a new housewife so maybe she didn't identify that situation she's got nobody telling her to do that but at least in spain she's not talking about it she didn't take the opportunity to want it up she didn't pull dorit aside and start talking shit on crystal well that's not true at the dinner she brought it up at the dinner she brought it up and i'm saying once once crystal went through all of this she didn't do the petty thing and start talking to other people and say isn't this ironic like this is crazy she did it in her confessional which is even more problematic for me because you're not even going to talk about it then. Like, at least if you talked about it then, your true color show, you're sitting by yourself in a confessional weeks later talking about this. That means to me that you're still not over it. And unfortunately, we're probably going to run into this problem again. We yeah. could have just moved on and just had a nice, clean slate for the rest of the year. And maybe you get to work yourself back and we get to find out, okay, and Marie's not so bad. Instead, you're still talking about it in the press. You're going on Watch What Happens Live. You're doing things on social media. Shut the fuck up. We don't care anymore. Like that's the, thing. that's the thing. We have very small attention spans. We watch a thousand different shows. We talk about these shows. The reason that we're good at podcasting and the reason that people listen to our podcast is because everybody has a small attention span. So we can kind of explain things and then you remember things. We could move on from this and you could be okay. Instead, you're just digging yourself a deeper hole and you look like a fucking idiot. Yeah, and that's that's the toughest part of it all, I guess, is just like, She's missing the point entirely. And she's going on these rants and tirades to defend herself. It's like, you're defending the wrong thing. No one's talking shit about this. Yep. this you're missing it. But that takes us right into the episode. And as we know, Crystal's not feeling great. Her blood pressure's way up. She's feeling what they're describing as stroke symptoms, which is, yeah, that's terrifying and something you need to get a handle on. And Anne-Marie jumps up and, to her credit, like steps in and doesn't bring any negativity towards it. Now... Me being me, I have to do this. Sorry. But was she 100% genuine? Because her confessional tells me different. All right. Was she 100% genuine? And I think that, yes, the medical care worker or medical worker did take over. And I think she would do this for anybody, no matter the circumstances. I'm not saying she wouldn't step in and try to help out because that's her job and hats off to her for that. But did she see this as an opportunity to be like, hmm. Guess you need me now. Like, here's my moment. Do you mean, like, as she's going over to Crystal to help or in the yeah. middle of it all? In the middle of it all. In the middle of it all, for sure. I think that she kind of sprung into action because... I'm not. Yeah, I won't knock her there. Did. I won't knock her there. And I think that, like you said, she would do that for anybody. So, I again, I'll, I'll let that go. As, just being completely unbiased, I think that she saw something going on and she has the means to go help. And she went and did that. I think when she's sitting in the ambulance right there, or I think they were sitting in the van before the ambulance showed up, and she starts talking. She says, oh, she could stroke out. I'm she like, what stroke the fuck? Out in front of Crystal. Brutal, wild statement to say. You're supposed to make her feel okay. Well, that's not going to happen, She though. has high blood pressure. What do you think talking about having a stroke is going to do, except skyrocket the blood pressure a little bit more? So dumb move there. But you know what? It, it was all hysteria at that point in time. Nobody knew what was going on, so I'm, I'm even going to let that slide a little bit. 
But yes, I do think once the ambulance showed up, when she was back into actual like an EMS care, then Anna Marie probably said to herself, well, isn't that funny? You need me now. And that, and she talks about it in the confessional later. But in that moment, yeah, I, I for sure believe that she thought that. Yeah. And then especially in the confession, she's like, mm, the irony. And then, and this is bias showing through a little bit just because she's been pissing me off. But then in my head, I'm like, okay, like, what's the irony? What did you really do? Like, the ambulance was on the way. In her mind, it's irony because she's got herself convinced that Crystal was knocking her profession and then she needed her the next day. Right, but that's not what it was. And at No, the same it's not time, ironic like, for the rest of us. It's for her, I guess. I don't know. And I don't want to knock her because she did jump into action. I'm giving her credit there. I'm just saying, like, the details of it is where I'm like, all right, but was this, was this an opportunity to kind of rub it in her face a little bit and be like, mm, now you need me. Squeeze my finger. Like, that's what she did. Are you fine. You want me to be, not be biased? Or, yeah, you want me to bring some bias back? No, no, no. I already did enough. Unless I kind of want to. Okay, go yeah, for I it. I want to. <laughs> it would have been really funny if she went over and had no idea what to do. That would have been funny. And everybody's like, what the fuck? I thought you went to medical and school. And everyone's panicking. And then everybody's panicking and she's freaking out and she has no idea what's going on. Look, above all else. Happy Crystal's okay. We're happy Crystal's okay, and I'm happy that Anne-Marie was there because she was able to calm Crystal down and step in with her knowledge because she did study for a very long time. So hats off there. I'm just pointing out little subtleties that didn't sit super well with me. But all in all, nice job. Moving on from there, we get to the church and... And this whole episode has like deeper meanings to it, especially for Sutton and even Kyle. And this moment was really nice to see because we've seen Kyle and Sutton strained for pretty much the entire season. They haven't really been vibing. They've been trying and then something goes wrong and then someone says something stupid and then they're mad at each other again. It's nice to see them have this moment where, you know, Sutton even says like, I equate, you know, the church to missing my father and my relationship with him. And then it goes even deeper as we see later where she's like with Merce and then with my husband, like these ashes represent a lot more than just Merce and the church itself represents a lot more. And you can tell that this is something that she's had building up for so, so, so long. And it seems as though Merce's ashes were like the last straw. Like this is going to allow her to kind of move forward, but to see her connect with Kyle in the church in this moment specifically where, you know, Kyle's worried about Lorraine. She's worried about her dad. She talks about this dream she had about her dad where he's like, yeah, I'm just tired. Like pretty much like a sign to like, it's time to move forward. Kyle had a dream about Lorraine. Like the whole scene's really touching and I don't want to keep hammering at home. It's just, I'm happy to see these two come together. I'm sad that it took something like this to do that, but that's what we see. Moments of grief tend to bring out the best in people or at least allow them to see through the bullshit and be like, you know what? There's more important things in the world. Yeah, for sure. And I think that a lot of it had to do with the two of them sitting alone together. Yes. Instead of in the big group. Yeah. But also, props to Sutton for apologizing up front. That too. Because I don't see Kyle doing that. Mm -mm. And we've talked about this before where the relationship is a little one-sided where it looks like Sutton deeply actually cares for Kyle and wants a friendship. And Kyle sort of takes it for granted and just kind of knocks her down whenever she has to. This was nice, mm -hmm. and again, props to Sutton for saying that she's been a truly terrible friend. And look, I get it. Like, if you've been at odds and you're strained a little bit, you're going to say some dumb shit, and you're going to pop off, especially when things are going on and you feel like the other person doesn't have your back. And you're on a housewife show. And you're on a housewife show, of course. So her apologizing, saying that she was truly a bad friend in the beginning of the season, that probably meant a lot to Kyle. Yeah. And I want them to be friends. I That's the thing. Yeah. We want them to be friends because now we're at a point where we're seeing... Everybody's kind of friends with Sutton. Yeah, I know. 
Like, everybody on this cast is having a good time with Sutton, and Kyle's, you know, there's some questions going on with her lifestyle, and she's not addressing anything, and it's probably annoying people. So, if you can get a common, which is really funny to be here, like, three years later, but if you can have a common friend with Sutton, Sutton can explain some things away for you, and then all of a sudden, everybody's okay with you again. Oh, so, how the tables have Yeah, turned. it's incredible. <laughs> so, that's what we want, and we want, again, we always stress this, we want everybody to be friends. Because, yeah, we know that there's going to be some toxic drama, things going on. As long as it's organic, it's good. But everybody needs to be okay with each other for those things to be more entertaining. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. I agree. Which is a weird way to look at it, but yes. But you know, that's what we watch. That's what we want. For. The funniest, though, is you got Erica sitting in the pew by herself, and she's still upset that no one's come over to her and apologized about the earring situation, which... We addressed it already, but to reiterate, take the W in court. Yeah. They still have an issue with the fact that you have $750,000 earrings and there's still victims out there. That's the root of it. It's not that they think that you were lying or wrong. It's the other side of stuff that you're still not really talking about. That's the problem. So to sit in Sulk in church, which was a very funny scene, but like no one's apologized. I wouldn't hold your breath. I don't think they owe you an apology. They're still concerned about the the victims. And I'm not saying that Erica Jane's not. She met with a bunch of them. She's doing stuff with them to try to help them out financially. Like, I'm not knocking her. I'm just saying to look for an apology here is a little far-fetched. It's definitely a little far-fetched, but I still found it wildly entertaining. And this this just speaks to where Erica is. I mean, she's been so great this year. And she's shown so many different levels of emotions and just humor that she's brought to the screen. And she's just very pleasant to watch. Everything that she's been doing this year has been great. This is obviously a piece of the older Erica Jane, which may or may not go away. And that's okay. But it's okay, especially. Because it's funny. And like her sitting there by herself, nobody going over and asking her, what's going on? Are you okay? I don't even know if she would say in that moment, I'm still pissed off about the earrings. I think she would just kind of like move it along. But it's still funny that she's thinking that way. And I love to see that because she's not letting it overtake her. She's not getting, and we'll talk about this later, she's not getting really drunk and yelling at people. She's still having a really good time. But it's funny to see Erica Jane still holding on to those older things mm-hmm. that she's not letting go. Well, I think that it's like a two-part because you're totally right. But this also does cause her, I think, to get a little too drunk later. Yeah. But this is what's so great is you get this, in this episode, you get a blend of old Erica and new Erica because in the past... She would have gotten upset, gotten too drunk, and been fucking so mean to everybody. Yeah. It would have been so over the top. Instead, you get this blend where it's like, yeah, she's still pissed about not like no apologies for the earrings. She gets really drunk. But when she's drunk, she's very pleasant. And <laughs> let me ask you this. Do you think it would have played out differently, this specific scenario? If Rinna and Kathy were there. Absolutely. So that is part of it. And yeah. this is what we wanted. Not this Kathy is... so much. Rinna for sure. Yeah, not Kathy so much. But she always, there's always animosity there with Kathy. 
she just brings it out in the well, entire I feel like group, that would, she gets Kyle riled up and that side of things. I feel like Rinna has everybody's behavior changes Rinna. when Kathy's around. I, I agree think with that's that. that's the whole that, that's the main aspect. But when Rinna's around, Rinna will poke the bear She'll over and, and over and like over. Little comments. Yep. And without her, and this is exactly what we wanted. But we talked about this last year, and some idiots out there were talking about how Rinna needs to come back, and I can't believe they're not letting her stay. Whatever. This show is so much better without her. Agreed. Because you're getting these types of moments where we're seeing a more well-rounded Erica Jane that we wouldn't have seen without Rinna. So I'm happy that we're finally here. What's even funnier that she started the season off with a therapist explaining to her what empathy is yeah. and how yeah. to have it. Whoever her therapist is is very good at explaining it because she's had empathy pretty much all season. So that's I don't know if she's had empathy. I think she's doing her own thing. But she is. I think that there's been. She's just not stepping on toes, really. Regardless, keep doing what you're doing because on the path, yeah. And this goes back to episode one, and I said it, and you gave me shit, and I said year of Erica Jane. You're like, we'll see. You said that last year though too. You can't just do it. I'm right. Knock knock. It's like making a Super Bowl prediction knock, every knock. year, and then finally somebody gets it, and you're like, I told you. Who's there? Who's there? Thank you. I'm right. That joke got... You You answered too late. Bad jokes. <laughs> I, was, I was too... I was already <laughs> on to my part of it. But anyway, up next, we go to Poble Espanol, I believe it's called, with Manolo, who is just a delightful guide. What he's, a guy. He's jamming on the guitar. It looks like a scene from a Disney movie. Like, he's rocking out. They pull up to this beautiful town... They get out of the car. I didn't realize that he was the tour guide. I thought it was just a man playing the guitar. And I'm like, wow, this is production value. Not for the show, but just for his show. This is how all tour guides should greet people when you're in a foreign country. Yeah, in a foreign country for sure. No, nah, yeah, not. Yeah. Well, when are you going on tours in the States? If I go to a different city, I might take a tour of the city. Really? Yeah. I want to do. That? Like I, a duck pot? Like a duck boat? A duck thing? pot? I was going to say duck pond, but I don't know why. Duck boat. Duck boat. Duck boats are getting like banned because that one sank in Chicago or whatever. Yeah, a little danger always gets me going, though. I uh, I actually do want to go on like a um, one of those double-decker bus tours of like Philly and just do like... I wouldn't do Philly. I've seen enough of Philly. I have too, but I would love to go around like, you know, it's pretty fucking wild that we don't talk about it enough in this city that like the country started. Like we drive by it. When we go downtown to watch the birds, we drive by where the country was founded every time. I've been there multiple times. So have I, but you wouldn't be interested in driving around the city in a bus? No. What if there's booze? Yeah. (laughs) You got me. All right, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. (laughs) But they get to the table and... This, uh, like, immediately, I'm like, God damn it. Because Emery starts talking. She's like, I take my profession very seriously because they bring up her helping out Crystal, which I feel like, and maybe it's because, you know, she's she feels backed into a corner. And so she just feels like she needs to defend herself at all times. Maybe. But then I'm like, have you watched the shows ever? Like, this is where with the newbies I get frustrated. And this would be anybody. I'm not just, like, trying to bash Emery, like, constantly. Like, watch tape, man. Like, understand that you don't need to do this every... Like, storylines get old. And we, like you said, have short attention spans. And if you keep hammering the same shit home... We had to be reminded in VPR that it was only three months later so we don't get irritated that they're still talking about the same shit because it's still fresh. And even so, look in the comments. People are like, can we move on, please? It's like, it's three months later. So if we can't handle that, we can't handle you talking about this all the time. But regardless... We get a very important conversation and hopefully one that Dorit learns from between Dorit and Garcelle. Because Garcelle, to her credit, like she'll let things lie for a while, but she always needs some kind of resolve. Like she needs to get to the bottom of it. And she does it in a good way most of the time. Like when she brings it back up, 
you can tell what her goal is from the onset when she does. And in this moment, it was to have an actual conversation. There is other times where I feel like she's just trying to like clap back and be like, oh, why'd you say that? And like get into kind of a back and forth. This moment I felt was more so like, let's squash this finally. Yeah. Oh, it didn't initially feel like that to me though. No. It felt like, all right, we've got one issue done with the house and now we're completely wide open and everybody's okay. Let me bring up another issue. She does that. She, I know she does that. That's what I thought she was doing. Oh, I see what you're saying. I could have sworn as soon as she started, I'm like, why? Like, we just got over this whole stupid thing between Crystal and Anna Marie. We do not need to go back into another thing that we thought that we kind of moved on from. You both said the same thing. You both said we're just going to not address it and move on. Why are we bringing it back up? It was kind of annoying immediately. But I do agree that we did get into at least some sort of better discussion, and I was amazed that Dorit was a little more well-prepared this time. Prepared. Receptive. And she did, you know, kind of go into the, let me compare a story where I can compare with you. But she did it in a different way where she immediately said, I'm not trying to compare. Yeah. I'm just telling you perspective-wise. And I'd love to know, and I think that this is part of it, and this is the biggest part of it, I'd love to know more about how you feel about certain things Mm -hmm. because I feel about certain things a little bit differently and we can compare those things. And I think that that resonated with Garcelle and at least, and I'm happy about this too, because I didn't like the way the last one ended. And like we gave Dorit a ton of shit and rightfully so because she handled that terribly. Awful. But now we're at least in a place where you can recognize within each other that, yeah, maybe there is some learning to be had and I'm receptive to that learning. And that's where we want to be. And that was the the biggest takeaway from this. And when Garcelle, and Garcelle says, like, and I think we all think this, like, Garcelle's like, I don't think anybody in this group is racist. And, like, we've said that before. We don't think that Dorit's racist. But ignorance gets annoying and cannot be, you can't just keep leaning on the fact that I didn't know. Yeah. Eventually, you have to figure it out one way or another. And I appreciated that as Garcelle's talking about it. You know, she's saying, you don't understand. You've never had to walk in my shoes before. And Dorit goes, Thank you for explaining it to me and saying it that way instead of immediately jumping into the comparison train. But Dorit says, you know, I wasn't thinking about race when I said that. And Garcelle's like, that's the point. And that is the point. And that's what we were saying. That's what a lot of people were saying. It's like saying that you don't see color. It's like you need to understand that people of a different ethnicity have a different life experience than you. Going through life as a white person is very different than going through life as a person of color. Interactions with the police, interactions just socially, period, can be different. And understanding that you may not understand, but being open to hearing about the experience, learning about the experience, and understanding when you say certain things, if you're not thinking about race, it can come off as ignorant, it can come off as racist, and it can come off that you don't know any better, and that's not an excuse. So to see her say thank you for explaining it to me, by the way, you seem to think I live this sheltered life. Let me now give you some information and educate you about my life. And I was I was in the same boat as you when she started. I'm like, fuck, like, don't compare it. And she even says, I'm not comparing. And I was like, that's all you have to say. Yep. But then you can tell us about, okay, you grew up, your father is Israeli. You lived in a town. You were the only Jewish family. Like, yeah, you had to go through some shit too. And now Garcelle knows that. But this does not happen without the conversation and without you like the last time you had this conversation by just saying, well, you know, I'm Jewish. Like there's ways to go about yeah. it. And I just thought that overall this was a healthy conversation. They both grew from it, especially Dorit. And it's a way forward. And that's what we love to see. Yeah, and I think that Dorit obviously knows that she tanked that first discussion. Yeah, she does. And it, 
look, that's a good thing that she was thinking on it because she obviously came back and she was way more prepared and she was a little more cognizant of what she wanted to get across and also way more receptive to whatever Gar- Garcelle was saying. So that helps a lot. And I like that because that shows growth. Correct. If she came back and she just did the same shit, that means, okay, we had this really tough conversation and you didn't think about it afterwards. Garcelle was thinking about it. Garcelle didn't know what to think. She talked to Sutton about it. She was in a weird place after that and she decided to just kind of leave it go. I'm happy to see that Dorit was thinking about it and maybe she discussed it with other people and maybe she kind of came back and she has a better understanding of everything. That's what we need. Yep. I thought it was a really, really good conversation, but we get back to the house and again, credit where credit's due. Anne-Marie goes to check on Crystal immediately, but we find out that the root of all this is high blood pressure. And I guess Crystal has that in her family and hypertension, which can be very dangerous when not monitored. So it's good that she caught it. It's good that it didn't get worse and she's recovering and we're very happy to see that she's recovering but she really appreciates like emphasizes especially in the confessional she's crying and says like i'm very appreciative for Anne marie i'm very glad that she was able to set aside all of our nonsense and rise to the occasion which makes it so much tougher to watch Anne marie's recent stuff yeah it's i know just, not just the recent stuff oh, but yeah. also just like what she did in her confessional versus what crystal did crystal didn't talk about anything else she didn't even talk about the beef that they had she just goes into how supportive Anne marie was during that entire process and that's all you really want like this is like we said before this is the chance to just move on and maybe build a friendship off of this because you know what we were having a lot of words with each other it got really nasty and then something happened and you were there for me. It could be as simple as that, but this it's is the where I like slate ever. It really is, honestly. Like you can't get any cleaner than that. And I think it just goes to show you like who Amory is and, and I don't even think it's her trying to make a name for herself in the housewife world. She's just so stuck on it and it doesn't make any sense to me. Like move on. I think that she's insecure about her job. She probably is and has no reason to be though. We don't know anything more because she hasn't told us anything more like how often do you work? What else do you do? How much schooling did you do? Like you talk about going to look at your notebooks when you find out that Sutton has an esophagus problem like that. That's weird. Everything that you've done as far as explaining what your job is and how often you work and what you do and your knowledge of the medical world, everything that you've said that's come out of your mouth is weird. It makes no sense. You have done a shit job at explaining it. You just had an opportunity to leave it. Like you should be able to realize and maybe self-reflect hey, I haven't handled this the best way. I look like an idiot right now. Instead, she doesn't even realize that, and she thinks that she won, and she's trying to just like parade this shit now afterwards, and it's just tough to watch. It was tough to watch, but we move on to the glam squad showing up. Everyone's getting their glam done, and Erica Jane is already hammered and makes it very clear, and you can tell she's a little put off that nobody apologized, and that was the root of her getting a little too drunk. Handles herself amazing in what we're about to talk about, but I also need to reference this because it made me laugh. Sutton talks about Mercury being in retrograde, and the only reason I bring this up is because my mom will text our family group the day that Mercury goes into retrograde, and I don't know if I believe in this stuff. She swears by it, but she'll text the group, hey, everybody, just be on alert or be aware Mercury's in retrograde, so get ready. Be careful out on the roads. Well, it's like technology gets fucked up. Like, just a lot of inconveniences happen. Sure, yeah. Look, maybe I will yeah, sure. say there has been moments where I'm like, fuck, everything's going wrong, and I'll text her and be like, hey, is Mercury in retrograde? She's like, yeah, it's in, like, the seventh phase. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, I don't know, but it made me smile because it reminded me of my mom. But anyway, moving on from that, the Eriodites are coming over. What does that make you think of? 
I, I actually, when they first said it, I thought of crudite, and then I went to like crudite. Yeah, <laughs> crudite. We're, We're in America. Here. We are in America. This is crudite. Anyway, I thought of that, and then I went to aliens. Oh, see, it was a uh, divergent. That, oh that yeah, movie? yeah, you do all those movies. I love yeah. those. I don't know why, like the Hunger Games, Divergent. They all kind of came out uh, at the same time the too. Post-apocalyptic utopian society Divergent, movies. Shailene Woodley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, one of the Teller pines. In that? He is in that. He's yeah. like the bad guy. Weirdly, yeah. I think he becomes a good guy I think later. I did see those movies, and then uh, really, they didn't really stick with me though. Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth, is in it. Oh, is that him? No, wait, I take that back. Luke? No, no, no. It's the uh, the dude from um, White Lotus. Which season? Season two. Oh, I know who you're talking. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Why are we on a? He's di- got a big soft dick. Why are we? <laughs> <laughs> it was in White Lotus. Why are we diverging because into divergence? one of the clans or the what do they call them? The factions is erudite and oh. it's the smart people. That's what. I, that's all I was trying to do. Okay. You oh, okay. you derailed me. I, I didn't do this it. Could have I been didn't do shit. This could have been done a minute ago, but here we are now. But that's what erudite reminded me of, and you know. Sutton learned a lot of fancy words from them and like like teabagging. Like teabagging. Like teabagging. The, the fanciest of words. And we don't That's kink. what the tea party was all about. The Boston Tea Party was about teabagging. Sure was. <laughs> Everybody knows that. That's how we're gonna get back at the British. We're gonna teabag the Atlantic gonna, Ocean. We're gonna teabag all oh, they teabagged the ocean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's salt water now. Well, I think what caught my ear more was well, nothing. Fact, no, no, I get it. It's gross. Um uh, the fact that Sutton's like, ah, I'd be open to it. I what? <laughs> I don't know, man. She's done a complete 180 since that strip club. I think that thing had the strip club night had like emotional scarring on her. But hold on. A, in a weird way. Hold on. Again, not kink shaming. Do people actually teabag like sexually? Probably. Really? I don't think I would get anything out of it, but like I know, wouldn't either. And well, I, you know what? I also wouldn't get anything out of a lot of the things that we we're not shaming. I agree, but, but I'm just like I'm trying to picture a moment where I'm like, this would be hot. And it's like you squat, like your naked body squatting over somebody and teabagging them. No. Sorry for everybody out there that didn't know what teabagging was, but like think of like image. Think about no, that image. I've, I've done the image. That's, that's grotesque. Work. Nobody wants a man squatting over them. Well, maybe, but I, I don't know. I, I'm saying me personally, like I wouldn't get anything out of it. I wouldn't either. Maybe, maybe the girl likes it. No way. Or the guy? No way. I have no idea. I, Let's put a hey, poll out there. Should we put a poll? Right out? after it says, uh, which city should we go to next? We'll do, would you like to get teabagged? <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have to do, would you like to teabag? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We're, we're going to answer the hard We've got a great focus group out there. Yeah. We're going to answer the tough questions this week. Don't you worry. But Erica's hammered and... Very funny and walking around the party, but she's handling herself well. And this is, like I said, a very different Erica Jane than we would have seen in the past because she's frustrated at the girls for not coming and apologizing about the earrings thing. But instead of acting out, she just got a little too lit. But she's making an effort with everybody there. She's talking to Trevor. She's talking to every all the erudites. And she's doing And, and Monica from Philly. And Monica from Philly, which we need to talk Fuck about. Fuck yeah. Beanie uh, Siegel. That's what I wanted to talk about. That's who you think the king of Philly is? He was at one point in time, yeah. He's, but you got like the roots. Yeah, but she's. I think that she's moved. Will since, Smith, like, yeah. Kevin well, Will Hart. Smith's in a weird place. Well, again, I think that she moved abroad, maybe in the nineties, and she's from Philly. I'm just so saying. Beanie Siegel. Beanie Siegel was huge in the nineties. I think. I think you need some respect. Like we, <laughs> we could keep going. That's true. Hall and Oates hated each other though. Isn't that? Yeah. yeah that's real funny. weird. That's yeah, sad. 
Yeah. yeah sad. We're going to end up hating each other, aren't we? I hate you already, so we're already there. Oh, good. Uh, and it's still working. We got the <laughs> we got the father-son cooking squad of, I think it's Cervais, S-E-R-V-A-I-S. I don't want to say his name wrong. And Storm. Storm's dad. Yep. Storm's dad. Storm's and daddy. Storm's dad. Hey, hey. Full circle. Storm's daddy is there, and everyone has shifted their sights from Storm to the father. And, you know, everybody wants a daddy. But this is when we get Crystal talking to Garcelle, and she brings up the conversation between Dorit and Garcelle, and they say that it went well, all that, as we saw. But the bigger thing to take away from this is Crystal acknowledges, and it's even more infuriating knowing that they don't come to terms. Yeah, She acknowledges, I saw a different side to Anne-Marie. I just want to move forward with her. And yet we're still stuck in the, I can't wait to, like, normally I'd be so over it. I'm so curious what sets it off again. Because... Like clean. It's got to just be Emery just bringing it back up. That's got to happen. I don't know. We're gonna find out. We don't need to keep hammering it home. But, but this is when we start to meet Sutton's friends, and not that I didn't enjoy them, but Danny Pellegrino brought it up on his podcast as well when he was covering this. Why are we learning about Sutton's friends? They're interesting for sure, but like, I thought it was a great point that Danny made. Like, why are we talking about them? They have nothing to do with the show. They're not driving the plot line forward. They're interesting, sure, but... I think it was just to set the tone for Erica. Was it that, or was it to give, like, oh, you know what? Maybe it was to show... I think Sutton wants to emphasize, like, hey, you guys look at me as this, like, divorcee that has a lot of money, but I actually had a life. Yeah, but Sutton, you could have just done that probably with Sutton talking to them. And, like, obviously, Trevor's the main component of that. Like, that's who Sutton is close to, so he's going to come over. You highlight him a little bit, and then you get into the Sutton of it all. I really think that talking to everybody else, one, could have just been a time filler. Maybe not a lot happens in there, and they're just like, all right, you know. We've got like one or two more episodes here in Spain, so this is talk how to we're going to end it. For a while. Yeah, let's just talk to them for a little while. But I, I really think it's setting the stage for Erica okay. to say like, all right, here's fancy people. Like, here's an architect who's one of the most renowned architects in Barcelona, and we're going to lean into that. He did say Barcelona too. I love that. He said Barcelona. God, my ears. He, he, he wasn't the. He was. He was giving. Architect. I know. Uh, what I. I don't remember her name either. It's it, not that it really matters. I mean, it was. Yeah, I got whatever. It. They got their 15 seconds of fame. But I really think it was just to set the stage for Erica because we were talking about how affluent these people are. And then Erica kind of goes into her confessional talking about how she used to go to dinners with Tom all the time. So she spent a lot of time with people that just like to hear themselves talk, mm. which I thought was kind of mean to the people that are on the show right now because now that's how we think of them. But, but at least that's how I think But she also said at least they're not rude. She said, she said not at, rude. at least is, uh, yeah, at least they're not rude. Then I can have a conversation with but them. They don't think they're better than. They, they don't, don't think they're oh, better they don't than. turn their nose up at you. That's what she said. Exactly. Yeah. So Erica's whole spiel about being able to sit in a room with them and carry a conversation. At first, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's see how this goes. And it was unreal. It was fantastic, especially because she's – and we have friends that do this where, like, if you bring up something obscure, they're like, oh, yeah, I know that. And you can tell that they don't actually know anything about it. Sure. She really knows. She knows. She was li- – I mean, she was lit, too. She was, she was listening to them and replying and knew exactly what they were talking about, and even brought up new subjects. Yeah. And it was wild to watch. It was absolutely, hands down, one of the most intellectual things that I've seen on Bravo. Yeah, and it was it was really remarkable. And, like, she's she's like, yeah, I know who that is. Like, drunk. I'm like, no, you don't. And then she drops another line. I'm like, oh, you really do. Yep. Hats off to Erica Jane. 
But it really was probably my favorite episode of hers this season. We got great lines like, Merce is in the purse. And she's like, I know that you guys loved him a lot. But Merce is in a Ziploc bag. I still don't have a problem with a Ziploc bag. As Sutton points out, when you get ashes, they come in a big bag anyway. So I don't think it's that drastically different. To, no. It's easy. But then I think, did she pour him? Pour him. <laughs> pour him. Yeah, did well, pour, wrong. Yeah, did she pour him into the box later? I, I think was confused so. about that scene. I think it was just for the travel purposes, which Sutton shouldn't have shown them that he was in a Ziploc bag to begin with. You know, just keep him in the room. You don't need to break him out and be like, hey, this is Merce. This is Merce. <laughs> like, hey, everybody, this is Merce. That is that is a bag of drugs. Say hi to Merce. Uh, that yeah. looks like How'd bad. you get this here? That looks like bad Coke. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get this over here? So, yeah, I, I don't think that she should have shown them in the first place, but it was a sticking point, and it's funny because it came full circle, and I'm happy that it did. Yeah. Because Bravo was setting this up, and the way that they produced it, the way they edited it, Every commercial break, they would lean into it and show this, and they had the dramatic music, and mm-hmm. there was a lot going on, and I'm like, we've been praising Erica all year. Is she going to say this, and everybody's going to have an issue with it, and then Erica's going to get into a big fight with Sutton? That would really suck, because it feels like they're on good terms right now. I don't really want to see that. And it wasn't. No. She said it. Everybody started laughing. Nobody, it's funny. Nobody took... It was funny, but I hate when they pretense it like it's not going to be funny, and it's going to be an issue. Well, at least it wasn't. It wasn't. Exactly. You know, at least it wasn't. But, but you know what? They got me through all my emotions, too, so maybe they did a good job. They did. See? Maybe they did a good job. Look at that. But the one thing I want to highlight at the end of the night, because I thought this is an important moment, and we've been watching Sutton on this journey, and I feel like this trip... This trip's for her more than anybody else, obviously. Yeah, it's her trip, yeah. And... I think that there's a lot more to it. There's a lot of depth to it in what she's going through and processing. And I think that this is such a necessary step. We've been along for this journey for a very long time, watching her navigate, getting her feet in the ground with her business, moving on from her marriage, all of these different things. And this is kind of the pinnacle of all of that. And to hear her close friend, Trevor, who's known her forever, say, you've really come into your own. And you're where you're supposed to be. I think that that was so important for her to hear in this moment. Just like validation. Like, you know what? You've had a lot of question marks. You've had a lot thrown your way. You are doing the right thing. Everything you're doing is correct. Keep doing you because it shows. And I think that we all see it too. You're seeing a much more confident Sutton. She still gets her own way sometimes, but she's very present of that. She'll even say like, yeah, like I want, she says it in this episode. People think that I'm like, you know, this erratic vodka drinking, crazy Sutton. I want them to know about my background. I ran the dance studio. I was the dance studio manager. Like, I had a life. I moved to New York. I lived in Brooklyn. Gross, according to Erica. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of these different things. And I think that it was to put the cherry on top from Trevor having that moment. Like, you, you look great. Like, this is, you're in your element. I think is really important for her. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And again, this is Sutton's trip. So she gets to have this nice moment. And I feel like it also kind of sets up for the next morning where it hits a little bit harder yeah. as if, you know, we hadn't gotten all of that and we didn't get that little monologue from Sutton talking about how far she's come and how much Merce actually meant to her. It may have not hit as hard as it did when she broke down the next morning. And again, her and Kyle are in a good place. Yeah, it's nice. So seeing Kyle come to her and not, you know, say that she's overreacting or she's being dramatic or anything like that, which we may have seen. And I don't, I don't want to sell Kyle too short here because maybe she would have come to terms with it. I think in this moment she would have been okay. I think she would have been, but you know, we don't really know that. So for them to finally get on good terms again the day before and then this to happen, Kyle being there is important. Garcelle being there is important, Mm -hmm. but having both of them there is great. And I really did feel for Sutton because look, she thought about her dad 
which is a huge thing of her life, and we got to talk about it yesterday in the church. Now we're going through Merce, who was kind of another father figure for her in a different way, and she was really going through it. And we don't really see Sutton break down like that, at least like in an organic way. We see her say random things when she gets flustered. We see her get upset here and there. Tear up. But this was actual real emotion. Like this she was, was very raw. sad. It was raw. It was sad. And she was going through a lot of it. So for her to have friends that she can lean on, and we've seen Sutton in the past have no friends to lean on, it would have sucked if we saw that. Or if we see like a crystal doing something like that and she doesn't have anybody, it sucks. So having everybody kind of come together is a really nice moment. And again, this is what the trip was supposed to be for. Yeah, they're going to go out and they're going to shop for three minutes, but they're going to do this stuff too. And that, that was, was nice. funny too, like yeah. the three-minute shopping scene. It was scene. a great well-rounded episode. It was. And to see her in this last scene just walk us through it and – it's almost as though she was walking us through her process of processing all of this. She's like, this bag of ashes represents way more than Merce because mm-hmm. she lost her father's ashes during a move and is upset about that. She also equates it to her marriage. She's like, I'm saying goodbye to the men. The male figures in my life are all going with this ash into the water. And I think that it's really important to note that because it's not – it's not even though she's saying it from like a, a sad place. It's almost like this this pivotal milestone in her life to be like, this is where Sutton Strack sets herself apart. This is where I take the step forward. I leave my old life behind. I'm not forgetting about my old life. I'm paying homage to it. But this is who I am now. And I'm proud of this person that I've become. And I want to be this person. So I feel like this moment signifies like almost a coming out party for Sutton where it's yeah. like, here I am world. And I fucking love myself. I've worked my ass off to get here. She's not even like belittling like her ex-husband in this moment. She's just saying like, these are the three men that have been such major figures in my life. And I'm grateful for what they gave me. It was tough with the ex-husband for sure at the end, but this is such a pivotal moment for her, her growth, her everything to just be like, and now I'm me. And I thought that was really cool to see. You ain't wrong. But anyway, let's get on to some questions. (laughs) Up first from Madison Centafanti. Do we think that at this point, any of the women like one another? I used to love Rabha, but these ladies now seem to hate one another. You got that from this episode? I would say this is the episode that you wouldn't get that from. Same. Interesting. (laughs) I mean... I don't know. I would have, I, I'm not really sure because we just watched Garcelle and Dorit have a nice moment. Kyle and Sutton had a good moment. Derek is having a good season. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe. No, because I think Crystal, Sutton, and Garcelle are all still really good friends and they hang out outside of the show. You do. could argue that Kyle and Dorit are kind of drifting apart. We've seen that all season. Kyle's kind of drifting away from the group in general, but I think the rest of them are fine. Yeah, interesting. Maybe I'm missing something. Also, great job reading that name. Thank you. Well, that's just a name. I can read names. It's when they get, uh, like, clever is when I fuck it up. Oh, speaking of, somebody commented on YouTube because I spelled Premiere wrong. Not because I don't know how to spell Premiere, but I was typing and, I guess, just messed it up. I'm afraid that people now think I'm dumb because someone commented, like, oh, was that Steel with the Premiere? Oh, damn. They called you out, too? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, just because I can't read you. I'm actually very good at English. Like, I'm an English major, so... Let's pump the brakes, all right? I'm not stupid. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like this. We haven't done this in a while. From Quebec 13, can you rate the Beverly Hills Housewives favorite to least favorite? Um, yeah, I, I could probably do that. You think you could do that? Mm-hmm. It's kind of tough. 
Because <coughs> I don't, I mean, Emery's at the bottom. That's that's an easy one. I think that's universal. Uh, Dorit slightly, well, Dorit's above her, not that slightly. Then I'm going to put. There's a few of them that are like Kyle. right next to each other. Yeah. I don't know why I'm doing this from bottom up. I just wanted to say Emery was at the bottom. I'm putting I'm putting Sutton at one. Garcelle two, Kyle three, three. Kyle before Erica. Yeah, I'm putting Kyle before Erica. What do you mean? Erica's Erica's working her way up. Wow, you're a fucking EJ hater. I'm not an EJ hater. I've got I've got Erica at four. I'm missing people though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I'm missing people. Just you go if you have it ready. Right. Sutton one, Erica two, Garcelle three, Kyle four, Dorit five, Anne Marie six. You forgot Crystal. No, I didn't. Didn't I put her after? Nope. Okay. <laughs> See? There's seven. Well, relax. Here you go. It's too Sutton, many. Sutton one, Erica two, Crystal Garcelle three. They're sharing the third spot. Four, Kyle, five, Dorit, six, Anne Marie. So there's still six because I used a loophole. Suck it, nerd. <laughs> Spell loophole for us. Uh, apparently, I can't. Apparently, I'm dumb. So L O O P W H O L E U P E because it's a whole loop. W H O L E. Duh. Last one from K L Y. Oh no, we got two more. Just saw a better one from K L Y eleven. Thoughts on a Rina return since Rabha is so boring lately. I oh, don't no. care if they cancel the damn show. Cancel it before you bring her back. Yeah. I cannot stand Rina on my screen. I don't you know want to see it. Send Rinna and Monica to like some sort of traitors or something. Traitors. Yeah, yeah. that's that's good enough. Ultimate girls trip. Nobody wants to watch them anymore. How about that? The last one's from Hotcakes 1987. Does Dev ever want to make a guest appearance on the pod? Keep sending these. Keep you. I don't we're know gonna, if that's gonna work, but yeah, it's not gonna work. But keep sending them. I we want her on. It's not just me. Shooter wants her on too. We would love to have Dev on. She's very stubborn and does not want to come on. Because she thinks that you guys don't want to hear from her, which I tell her is crazy talk. You would rather hear from her than these two idiots. So keep that up. Keep asking that question. But uh, anything else there, champ? Nope. I'm good over here. All right. Well, remember to buy tickets to our live show March 6th, the City Winery in Philadelphia. Remember to follow us on all of our socials at Brav underscore bros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Brav Bros Podcast. And we will see yous in about five minutes, because we're going to record another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Rose out here. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.